Welcome to One Cause Church. We hope you enjoy this inspirational message. I'm excited to be here. Um, I'm, I travel a lot, but I'm so glad that they could be part of this trip. Uh, we are for two weeks now. Uh, we went to uh, New York. I've got a church that uh, I preach in New York. And uh, then we went to Disneyland for a week. Um, I don't think it's for him. It was for my wife. She wanted to see it. Uh, but we get to spend a, a week there, and it was really great. And then uh, uh, on Tuesday, she's flying back home to South Africa, about 25, 25 hours back home. And uh, I'll be here for another 10 days and then head back home uh, just for two or three weeks. And then we're both heading out to Switzerland. And I'll be there for another three weeks, and then Germany, and then Singapore, and then India, and then back in South Africa. So we're looking forward to that. Uh, I'm so glad that they can, I can basically go without them for about two weeks, that's it. So I'm glad that they can travel with me and, and just enjoy, experience the road and what God is doing with me all over the world. Been on the road for about three years now, constantly in and out, living out of suitcases, um, we've got six houses, uh, clothes at every house, a bag at every house, just completely confusing, but uh, we're enjoying it and loving this season of our lives. But I've learned that in this season that, you know, it's great to experience a lot of things as you travel and go to different countries all over the world, but you, you find in your personal life, you find the drive. You find what really drives and really motivates you in person. And I've realized that the only thing that keeps me going is my love for the Lord. That's the only thing. That's only, my family as well, but <laughs> that's the only thing that really keeps me going and keeps me excited and to be out there and to see what God is doing all over the world. People ask me, what is happening? Is there a revival um, somewhere? Uh, you know, we are used to revivals from Africa or from Germany or somewhere in Europe or America or Toronto. Um, but right now, there is, a there is a revival happening all over the world. Any church, any city that will cry out to God will have a visitation from the Lord. So it's not limited to a country or city or a place. Right now, there is revival all over the world. I want to encourage you to reach out and to connect with that. Really ask the Lord and in these days as a church or as individuals to seek the Lord. I love the scripture that read this morning, it's so beautiful, we have to, if we just start to seek, I recently preached on that, and I said, you know, if we give a step towards God, He will give a step towards us, and the Lord said to me, that's not true, He said to me, Andre, if you move a centimeter in my direction, I will move miles in your direction, I'll do a lot more, it's not one for one, so I believe that if we can just respond to the Lord, something will happen, now I've shared this before, and I will remind you of it again, that something that's very important for this year, 2016, is one of the most important things for this year is to show up. That's it. If you can show up, God can start to do things in your life. There's things that's happening all over, but we have to be there. I want to encourage you, this upcoming women's conference, you know, we have so many things going on in our lives, and we try to put God into a box we have these fast lives and microwaves and drive-through pharmacies that's not normal in South Africa. I just went to a pharmacy here and I couldn't find the entrance. And the lady said, no, no, this is a drive-through. You have to stay in your car. I'm like, what? How lazy must a person be to, to do that? 
it's an amazing experience at the end. I, I would love those in South Africa, but banking, you know, all these things, we, everything is fast. But when it comes to God, we want to put him in that same box. We want to say to him, Lord, I have devotion time from 5 to 7 to 7 in the morning. You have to speak, and you have to speak quickly. It doesn't work that way. We have to learn to wait upon the Lord. One of the most spiritual things you can do in your life is to rest. You just stop and pause and wait for the Lord, wait upon the Lord. He says, blessed is the one who waits upon me. People know how to pray, they know how to fast, they know how to sing, they know how to rejoice, they know, but they don't know how to just wait. Just wait, wait until God shows them what is the next move, um, what do they need to do from now. And it's difficult because we like to be in control. We want to do something. We can't just sit. We don't know how to just wait for five minutes. And I believe when it comes to the voice of the Lord, everyone can hear the voice of the Lord. But people, um, people are used to someone that can hear for them or on their behalf. Because of that, people become lazy because they can rather go to someone else and say, what does the Lord say? What do I have to do next? But I believe it's our, as individuals, as individuals each and everyone's responsibility to hear from the Lord. It's not just your pastor or prophet's responsibility. And that's part of the purpose um, that I'm going over the world right now is we are teaching on the prophetic and how to apply biblical um, uh, standards or biblical qualities back into the prophetic. And what, what is a New Testament prophet? What is the purpose of that? The main purpose of a New Testament prophet is to strengthen your relationship with the Lord. That is it. It's not to give you direction. It's not to control your life. It's not to dictate your life. That's Old Testament prophets, not to work of the New Testament prophet. God doesn't want another mediator. That's the purpose of the Holy Spirit. And He is there to walk with you and to stand by you through your life. He doesn't need... Uh, God paid a very expensive price with His Son, Jesus Christ, so you can be in relationship with Him. And He's not going to allow some idiot prophet to destroy that. He paid a very expensive price for that. So that's the main purpose is to strengthen your relationship. And that's what I want to do here today is I want to leave here and deposit something in you to say, Lord, I want to hear more from you. I desire to hear your voice. That's what I want. I want to share my testimony with you this morning, where I come from, what I went through, and I'll just add a couple of things um, this morning. As we go on uh, in the previous uh, service, I couldn't share a lot, but we'll go on. I want, to, I want you to read with me in Exodus 33, verse 11. Exodus. In Afrikaans, it is Exodus. 33, verse 11. That is, in Afrikaans, Exodus. Is that right? 33, verse 11. It says, in the, I want to read to you in my translation. It says, The Eternal spoke with Moses face to face, just as a friend speaks to another friend. It says, And God would speak to Moses as a friend would speak to another friend. What I really love about this scripture is that it's not Moses that's pursuing a friendship with the Lord. It's God that's speaking to him on that level. And this is one of the scriptures that has transformed my life and continually does. When I read this, it just sparks something in my spirit that I can know God on that intimate level and hear his voice and communicate. That doesn't mean I have less respect for the Lord means that there is a closer relationship that I can be in or walk in with God. I believe in this time that we're living in now, the Lord is calling people to a deeper relationship. 
What he did 100 years ago was great, but he wants to do more now. He wants to take us to a deeper place in his presence and in his spirit. I want to share my testimony with you briefly and how I grew up and a couple of practical things. Um, You have to understand that this was my ideas then. It has changed. A lot of things in my life is different now. I'm not the person that I was or grew up or the type of churches that we attended. It's all changed and it's different now. But I grew up in a house where my parents did not serve the Lord. Up until the age of 10, my parents did not go to church. I didn't know church at all. didn't know what it is to go to church or uh, nothing about it. Not Christian at all. Uh, My dad uh, um, was uh, not really an alcoholic, but he was trying to be one. He really tried hard. And uh, so I grew up in that environment where there was just no boundaries or rules. And then at the age of 10, my dad gave his life to the Lord, and our entire lives changed completely. But I was used, in, in this transition, I would, we would normally drive to church, and I would look at my parents, and they would, they would normally fight in the car and argue about things. But on the way to church, we had pillars, beautiful white pillars, and as you entered the church parking lot, it would be quiet in the car. They would stop fighting. And I would, as a child, look at my parents and say, wow, this is a good place for them to go to. Has effect upon them. They would go in and they would literally, in the next hour, transform into the most amazing people <laughs> just for that hour. And then we would leave the building. Now, we have Sunday roast. I don't know, it's a chicken that you prepare on Sundays. Do you do it here? Not. Okay, now in South Africa, Sundays is chicken day. Big chicken and you roast it and it's ours so before you go to church you put it in the oven and you put the right spices on and and you slow cook it because when you get out of church you're going to enjoy that chicken so after church on our way home they continue to fight again we get home the chicken is there but my mother forgot to put the oven on so that pink chicken is still there and it's chaos they're fighting and it's just So I developed this idea that the church is where God stays and we go there to to pray and to worship and to to spend time with the Lord. And there's some kind of effect because I could see my parents transforming when they go there. We had someone, a guy called, his name is Bram in Afrikaans. It's an old man. He's still alive today. He used to stay right across the church in a small house and he would be like the caretaker of the church. Sunday after the service, he would lock the doors, put a chain around the doors, and he would make sure that God would stay there till next Sunday. <laughs> so Monday to Saturdays, we can really do whatever we want because God doesn't know. He's not aware of it. He's at church. <laughs> next Sunday, we'll go and visit the Lord again. Um, my dad always put a tie on, and I had to wear this little suit, and I never wanted to put it on. And uh, I realized that we have to wear it because we're going to the house of the Lord. And we have to represent our best when we are there as a child. So I developed this idea. Now, now the church that we attended was a charismatic church. So they prayed a lot. They we had hours of worship. They had all these charismatic acts on, on every Sunday. And they taught us the more of these um, religious uh, things that you can get involved to the better because it will make you a better Christian so I tried as a child. Remember, I was 12 years old when I started and to go to prayer meetings, start to fast. The first prayer meeting that I attended in our church, um, they would get together in the midweek and they would pray for an hour. And as a child, I went to this prayer meeting. And in the first five minutes, I prayed for everyone in the world, everyone I know, in five minutes. 
and there's 55 minutes left. And I didn't know as a child what to do with the rest of the time. You know, how many people do they know? How can they pray for so long? And uh, I would just start over again and pray again for the same people that I know. And I left that prayer meeting as a child feeling disqualified in having a relationship with the Lord because I, think, I thought it was a disability. I thought something was wrong with me, that everyone could pray. I was the only one that, that didn't have so many words. So I left there with something in my heart that, that disqualified me. I tried to go on a fast with my mother. She used to do 40-day fast, and I, I remember I always teased her, and even today, um, she would always, on day 39, she would have visions and dreams and, and, you know, see things. And I would say to her, you know, it's normal for any human being to hallucinate after 39 days after, fa- after food. I still tease her today. Um, as a child, I tried that, and I, I, re- I remember after the second meal that I missed, I thought that I'm about to die. It just didn't work for me. So to me, it was all negative experiences. I thought that I can't pray, I can't fast. Um, our church used to worship for hours and hours, two hours before the sermon would start, and I, as a child, couldn't keep my hands up in the air for longer than five minutes. I'd get tired, and I just couldn't do it. One day, Sunday, we left church, and I asked my dad, if we go to heaven one day, what are we going to do? And my dad said, we're going to worship the Lord for all eternity. So (laughs) I thought, I can't do it for five minutes. Now I have to stand for all eternity like that. So I said to my dad, then I don't want to go. I'd rather stay. So I felt that, you know, I have all these disabilities in serving the Lord, Um, our church went on, onto a reading program. They would read the entire Bible in a, in a year. I tried that, and I would normally read a chapter, get to the end, and I couldn't remember anything that I read. Or I would fall asleep. And so it'll, always, it'll, it'll make me feel bad, you know, that I cannot be a good Christian or as others are because I can't pray, I can't read Bible, I can't do all these things that they are doing that they get right. Now, I continued to go, church from, to, go to church from the age of 12, but with something in my spirit that, that I thought that I was the only one, that everyone you know, could get all these things right, so something's wrong with me, so I'll just go on and continue. So for years, I continued to go to church, but I had no relationship with the Lord. I'm talking about charismatic church, where we would have outpourings of the Holy Spirit, speaking tongues, prophesy, um, miracles take place every Sunday. So I would, I, I would be in that environment. But in my, in my spirit, I would not participate because I would think, you know, people don't know, but I, I'm not one of them. I can't do this. So I, I, I learned the verses, and I knew how to respond to certain questions, but in my heart, there was nothing. I didn't have a relationship with the Lord. At the age of 16, my parents moved to another town, a big city, and I begged them to stay to finish my school year, which later um, developed into two year or two years uh, and uh, I asked him if I could please stay. And I moved in with a family of mine that did not serve the Lord. Now, in, in, in that house, everything was legal, anything. So suddenly I went from this, all these strict boundaries into a house where I could just do whatever I want, get home, whatever I want to go, get home to, just no, no, absolute no boundaries. And I started to get involved into a lot of um, wrong, wrong place, the wrong time situations. And um, at one day... Somewhere in my 16th year, something went wrong, and I was caught with everything. Got back home from school, 
My dad was in a different town. He drove all the way there, walked into the living room, and here my dad is sitting, and he has all the evidence, what I'm busy with, and it's over. The same day, I got expelled from school and uh, got a court case. It was opened against me, and my life came to an end. My future came to an end. Sitting there, just no hope, no future. Family is disappointed in me. Uh, my dad got up and left, drove back to the town where... Um, they were staying, and just the disappointment on my father's face. I would never forget that. I've just disappointed everyone, and it's over. I remember I walked to my room, and while I was sitting in the room, it felt like it's getting smaller and smaller, and all these thoughts of suicide started to come up, and I started to think about taking my own life, and later realized it was the enemy. It was busy speaking to me, saying to me that my life is worthless, and there's, there's nothing worthy or worth my life anymore. There's nothing more to live for. And I'm starting to think about suicide. And uh, now I don't like pain. So I'm thinking, how can I commit suicide and get it over quickly? And I don't want, I don't want to be, many people try to commit suicide. I want to commit suicide. You know, I want to get it over and done with. And I'm sitting there and thinking about different methods. And while I'm thinking about it, I hear the voice of the Lord. Now, to me today, when I speak or counsel people that has been or is in that situation, it's different. People can very easily say and make a statement and say that everyone who commits suicide goes straight to hell. They have no idea what it is to be at that place. So today, I speak from a, from a different place. I've been there. The grace and the mercy that I have experienced at that place in my life. I'm not saying it is right. I'm, not, I'm talking about the mercy that is there. People don't commit suicide because it's fun. They, they do it because they're sitting in a situation where they can't go on any longer. While I'm sitting there, the voice of the Lord comes to me. And the Lord speaks to me and says to me, Andre, I am proud of you. I said, Lord, how can you say that you're proud of me? Look where I am. I'm at this place of my life. I just, my, my life is over. I have no future. I just disappointed everyone that I wanted to please. It's over. The second thing that the Lord said to me is he said, Andre, I believe in you. I said, Lord, how can you believe in me? There's nothing about my life. If, you would, if this was a week earlier, I could have maybe believed it. But right now, I've just messed everything up. There's no future. Remember, I argued with the Lord or disagreed. I said, Lord, maybe you have the wrong address. Maybe there's another Andre that's staying in the same street now, but this is not me. This person that you're talking about, it's, there's nothing to be proud of, of my life. The first time I heard the voice of the Lord, it was like water in the desert. The Lord spoke to me. I immediately knew I would never be able to go without this again ever in my life. I need this. So I said to God, as he was speaking to me, I tried to continue and have a conversation with him. I thought it was a once-off thing. I thought the Lord, Lord is speaking to me now and, it, and it's never going to come back. So I said, Lord, I'll, I continue to try to, to make conversation with God till late that evening. And I said, God, I'll do anything to hear your voice. Just tell me what do you want from me and I'll try. If you want me to pray more, because this is my only reference that I had, was works. So I said, I'll, I'll try more, I'll do more, I'll, whatever you want, I'll really do my best if I could have this, if I could hear your voice. Just tell me what you want. The Lord said to me, what you need is to have relationship with me. I said, but I do. I'm going to church. I've, my parents have been there for years. We're involved in everything. 
And the Lord had to come down to my level and he had to start to explain to me what relationship is and what it is to know him. He came down and he explained to me how, came down to my level and explained to me what a friendship is and, and levels of friendship that there is in your life. Right at that moment, I had a friend. The Lord mentioned him to me and he said to me, how did you become friends? So I said, we do things together. Now, the more time you spend together with someone, the closer you get. And the more that friendship um, moves into a deeper place in your life. But what is so important for any friendship to develop is both parties have to enjoy the time together. If you hate golf and you play golf with a friend and you can't wait for it to just to get over with because it's frustrating you, that friendship is not going to develop. But if you like to do something, then and the, the other person, if you like to sit in coffee shops and... and just fellowship for hours, then it's amazing how time can fly. Suddenly you realize that, wow, hours have went by, I have to get going. Why? You enjoyed the time together. You had something in the union. You could connect on, some, on, a, on a level there. So you have something. Both parties have to enjoy the time together. And so the Lord starts to explain to me that he wants me to invite, wants me to invite him into my, my life, and uh, he wants to be part of it. And he asked me at that stage, to name a couple of things that I love to do at the age of 16. So I had this list of a lot of things. One of the things was to go to the movies early in the mornings. It was a special place to me just to go and, and in a dark room, just, just be there and it's peaceful and relax. I really enjoyed that. So he said to me, why don't you make me part of that, part of your life? Why don't you invite me to come with you? Now, I remember this was a Wednesday where this happened. So... I was confused because I said, Lord, I don't understand this. I thought you only speak on Sundays. This is a Wednesday. How does this work? I realized that I've, I've heard a lie or I don't have all the information. Someone has never told me that I could be in a relationship with the Lord, that he's here. To me, the Lord was somewhere far between Jupiter and Pluto, busy with something more important than my life. That was my idea. Here the Lord is here and he's busy speaking to you in my situation is important to you. So I said, okay, God, I invite you. I invite you to become part of my life. And I remember that night, okay, I, someone didn't lead me to the Lord. That night he led me to him. That night in my room, I, I prayed and I accepted him in my life. And, and this journey started with, with me and the Lord. The next morning I got up and I said, okay, God, I invite you into my life. I invite you to go with me and spend some time today. Um, let's go to the movies together. So I got to the closest theater, and uh, I'm constantly I'm trying to remind myself that, remember, you with God now. This is, remember, he's here. So I'm looking at all these different movies that are showing, and I'm thinking, you know, now immediately there was a specific movie that I wanted to see, but it was a bit rough. It had a, a age restriction on and, and things. And So I'm standing there and looking at these movies, and I really want to see that, but... Lord's with me, and he <laughs> speaks to me, and he says to me, Andre, what do you want to watch? So I'm trying to think what is suitable to watch with God. What is, I don't know what, what's. So I found right at the end this Disney movie, and I said, Lord, I would like to see that. And Lord rebuked me, and he said to me, Andre, stop trying to be holy. I know you. And he, and he, said, he named the movie that I was thinking of, that I wanted to see. And he explained this to me, that how important it is for me to, to enjoy and to connect the time with him. 
You know, if I'm spending time with him, but I'm constantly looking at my watch because I just wanted to get over, that relationship will not develop into something deeper. If you have coffee with someone and, and constantly you just can't wait for the time to get over, why are you in a relationship with that person? Why are you spending time with them? So I realized that when, I, when I'm spending time with him, it's, it's, it's not about the act. It's about him. It's about finding or learning things from him. It's amazing to me, I'm married now for eight years, that my wife is sharing things with me now that she didn't share with me in the first year. Why? Relationship. As we grow into the relationship and deeper and deeper, there's things that she's speaking to me about now that she hasn't shared before. Same thing with God. As we grow in a relationship with Him, the Lord will start to reveal more things to us that He wouldn't necessarily say in the first year. So I said, okay, Lord, I thank you. And, and I walked over and bought a ticket for the movie that I wanted to see. Turned and walked away and something happened in my spirit. I remembered, I, I said, Lord, what is happening in my spirit right now? Is this part of you working in me or doing something in me? It felt, felt like my heart was breaking. The Lord said to me, Andre, you already forgot about me. He said, why did you just buy one movie ticket? And uh, I'm standing there and I'm saying, you know, Lord, the Bible says we have to be stewards with what we have. I don't have a lot of money. Isn't it a waste of money to buy another ticket? And the uh, Lord replied and said to me, Andre, I want to teach you something. Don't you know that whatever you had in the past, have now or will have in the future, that it comes from me? I said, it's true. And he said, okay, I want you to buy another ticket. So I realized, you know, if so my money is God's money and, and his money is my money. I walked over and I bought another ticket and um, I was confused because no one told me about this. No one, there's no one that I could phone or ask for help or ask them to explain to me how does this work. And uh, as I was walking, uh, normally I would buy a lot of things, snacks, that before I enter. So I did that and I walked. And I remember I, I thought, um, I became very obvious to me that, that, you know, what will people think about me? If someone approaches me right now that I know and they ask me, what are you doing? What do I say? Do I say, what do, do I say I'm, go, I'm spending time with my imaginary friend? Or what do I do? So I'm, so I'm thinking, you know, I just want to get into the movies, you know, to get this over with. And as I'm walking there, that same thing happened in my spirit. And uh, I stood there, really literally felt that I, like I'm going to cry. I stood there and I said, God, what is happening with me right now? I feel sick. The Lord said to me, Andre, when you are with your friends, do you always just buy for yourself? I said, no. He said, why did you just buy Coke and Pop and all these things just for yourself? Why didn't you even ask me? And I stood there and I realized that what's happening with me right now is real. And I might never ever in my life get this opportunity. I have to pursue it. I ran back and I bought everything double. Another Coke, another popcorn, everything that I bought, double. And I'm struggling to carry all these things. I'm thinking if he could maybe just carry his own things, but I didn't say it. I didn't say it. I was just thinking it, walking with it, straight to the entrance. I go to the entrance, and I give this guy that sent me the two tickets, two separate tickets. So he says to me, where's the other person? I said to him, I don't know. 
And then I realized that's not really a good answer. Um, so I said to him, I don't know how this works. I don't know if he's coming or if he's there yet. I just don't know. Gave him the tickets and walked in, uh, went to the front and, and put my coke and popcorn in my seat and the Lord's his seat. And the movie started. And I had an encounter with God. The Lord restored my life completely, helped me to work through forgiveness and emotional baggage. And this an hour that transformed my life. And it was not about the movie. People always ask me, what movie was? It's not about that. It was about spending time with the Lord. That was the focus. I left there and I went home and people ask me, Andre, how did your relationship with the Lord start? And I say to them, one day I went to, to the movies with the Lord and he just never went home again. That's <laughs> what happened. I got home and I had this awareness of God with me. Some, somehow, my relationship with him from Jupiter and Pluto just moved to my home right here. He was with me. I was watching television late at night, and there was these nasty programs on, and I'm thinking, wow, this is nice. And the Lord speaks to me, and he says to me, Andre, what are we watching? And I'm saying, Lord, you can't see this stuff. And I <laughs> immediately put off the television, and I realized that God is with me. He's here. You know, religion taught me when I sin, he waits outside the room. He's not part of it. Religion taught me when I enter a, a pub that he waits outside because he doesn't mix with those people. He taught me when I break the laws of, of the land, then he's not part of it. His spirit leaves me somehow for that period and then comes back later. That's what religion taught me. And that's how I've lived my life up until then, that God is not with me or part of this because he doesn't mix with that. He's not part of those things. Is not there. The first person that I led to the Lord when I was 17 years old, the first person that I led to the Lord was in a pub. And the Lord told me to go in. He told me to go into a pub. And I'm standing here thinking, Lord, is this you? Is this how does? And I went into this pub, sit right at the, at the bar, and I said, okay, Lord, what do I do here? And the Lord said, you're not allowed to drink anything. You can have a Coke. So I said, okay. I have a Coke, and I'm sitting there. Right me is an old man. The Lord speaks to me. He says, I want you to minister to this guy. He's, he just lost his marriage, and he's going to leave this pub, and he's going to commit suicide if you don't connect with him now. And I'm sitting in a pub. I'm 17 years old, drinking a Coke, and speaking to an old man next to me. And I said to him, sir, are you okay? <laughs> and he burst into tears, 17 years old, in a place where the church told me, not to go into. Because God doesn't mix with those people. He doesn't have a heart for them. Completely opposite. I started to grow in a relationship with the Lord, and the Lord said to me that he'll use me in the future to speak about relationship with him, and I'll share my testimony, and God will use it to touch people. The Lord gave me a promise, and he said to me, wherever you go and share your testimony, after that, people will hear my voice audibly. They will hear my voice. They will hear my voice from that day on. So it's a promise the Lord has given me. So from the age of 16, 17, I went into full-time ministry. And for years, I went on the road and preached from school to school, from meeting to meeting, just teaching and telling people about the Lord all over. And one day, I was driving to minister, 20 years old, driving to a town to minister. And on my way there, the Lord spoke to me and said, Andre, I want to speak to you about something very important. I said, God, it's a a couple of hours drive, please speak to me. And the Lord said, I want all your attention. And I pulled off the road, and God said to me, Andre, 
I miss the times that we went to the movies. Could we please do it again? I'm sitting next to the road there, and I realized months went by, and I haven't been spending time with the Lord. I'm preaching every day, but I don't have any time personally with the Lord. And I said, Lord, forgive me, and I, um, I cleared my schedule, and I went to the closest theater that I could get, and I got there. The movie already started. There was a place where they sold food at the entrance, and I bought something to eat, I explained to the Lord, there's no time to get anything now to drink and add. I'm going to grab some food. Could I get something for you? And something came up in my spirit. I ordered immediately and I ran into the, to the theater, sat down, and I remember I took the food that I ordered for the Lord, put it on his seat and opened it up. And as I opened it up, I smelled it. And I thought if we could maybe swap, <laughs> exchange food. And... Uh, I remember as I was thinking it, immediately I knew the Lord knew what I was thinking. So I said, sorry, I'll never do that. And God said to me, Andre, I want to teach you a vital principle. Ten minutes ago when you asked me, what do I want to eat? I knew what your desire would be in ten minutes. So I ordered it for you. It's yours. You can have it. So I took that, that food and I was weeping and sitting with it. And I said, Lord, if you are interested in what I eat, how much more are you interested in all the other things in my life? Now, these things that religion hasn't taught me. Religion taught me that God is a judge, and every morning all these people are standing in front of him, and then he just gives you answers. Yes, no, next, no, yes, no, next. That's what I thought. It didn't tell me that I could have an intimate relationship with the Lord. Now, my devotion time personally with God is going to the movies. That's what I do once a week. Not for a year, for the last 16 years of my life. Once a week, I go to a movie, and that's my quality time with the Lord. I go and sit and I fellowship with God. I said to God, when I tur turned 30, I said, Lord, got up in the morning, it was our, our time, devotion time, and I got up and I said, God, don't you think that I'm getting too old now? You know, <laughs> And going to the movies. Can't we get something else? And the Lord didn't answer me. Got to the movies that morning and normally my normal routine, bought two Cokes, took popcorn, went in and sat down. I normally go in the mornings when there's no one there. I'm sitting and the movie is finished. Now normally people ask me always, what do you do with the Coke and popcorn? It's not about that. It's not important. So I throw it away. I leave it. Just not important. This morning I got up and remember, I just asked the Lord if, if I should continue to do this, or if maybe we should get something else and that, and didn't answer me. Right after the movie, I got up and I picked up my Coke and popcorn and, and Lord's to throw it away. And as I picked it up, both the, the Coke and the popcorn was half, both of it, as I picked it up. And the Lord spoke to me, he said to me, Andre, is this a good enough reason for you to go to the movies with me? I said, Lord, if I'm 90 years old, we're still going to the movies. I'll do it for the rest of my life. So my devotion time, this is how I spend time with God. I today, I pray a lot more. I fast when the Lord tells me to. I can keep my hands up in the air much longer. So I've learned to, <laughs> to learn those things. But church does not replace your relationship with the Lord. It doesn't. It's good and it's important for your spiritual life to be here. So important. But it's not enough. 
Matthew 4, verse 4, he says, Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. He compares his voice with food. Because he knows we eat three times a day, other people more. So he says, man shall not live by bread alone. You won't live just by three meals a day alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. That word is a, is a, a new word, is a fresh word. It's not a, it's not a word that comes once a year. Uh, because of proceeding word, people are killing the promises of God daily. They're killing Isaacs in their lives. The Lord tells them, I want you to do this. And they respond, and then God speaks again. And they say, no, 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 I had, I had, you spoke to me. You said, no, no, we have to, no, sorry. And because of proceeding word, people are missing out on what God wants to do next, the next step. It's not something, it is Old Testament to hear from the Lord once a year. But in the time that we're living in right now, every person, I have the responsibility to hear from the Lord daily. As a prophet, people often ask me, what, what does God say? What does God say about our nation? What does God say about our church? What, does God, what, what, is, what did God tell you? What's he speaking to you about? We are equal, equally in it in hearing from the Lord. We have to hear from him. Ask God, what? show me. I thank God, yes, sometimes we are influenced by emotions. And we can't hear clearly. We don't know exactly what the Lord's been speaking to me about. Thank God that we have brothers and sisters that can pray with us and can prophesy and minister to our lives. But we have a responsibility to say, Lord, speak to me. What do you want me to do? What do I do next? So in relationship, the Lord has started to share more and more with me as we went along. I remember one morning I was preaching and I walked down from the pulpit outside and uh, um, I wanted to speak to God, but I didn't have anything to ask or pray about. But I wanted just to speak to the Lord and, and just tell him how much he means to me. And so I'm walking outside of a building and I'm saying, Lord, there's nothing I can think of asking or specifically praying for. I just want to say, Lord, thank you for everything that you're doing in my life. And the Lord, there's a big um, rock there, and God says to me, I want you to sit down, and I sat, and he said, I wanna, want you to understand that not a lot of people speaks to me just because they love me. I want to thank you for that. Because most people pray when they are in need, and when I answer their prayers, I don't see them again. And I've realized that it's been that way in my life for a very long time. When we go through trials and challenges, then we pray, and then we want to get direction from the Lord. But, but when life is good, then God is not there. We don't need him. I've learned the value of inviting God into everything, everything. I've, I've invited God into my marriage, into my finances, into every, every part of my life. I don't want God just to be part of my Sundays. Now, sometimes I argue with my wife. And most of the times, I'm right. So, <laughs> I remember a while ago, we had an argument, and I was right, like I normally am. And she was, she's crying, and I went to my office, and I was sitting in the office, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, Andre, I want you to go and apologize. You've invited me into your marriage. Now I'm telling you what to do. So I said to the Holy Spirit, you know, she can hear your voice too. Speak to her. 
So he said to me, Andre, get up and apologize. That's what I want you to do. And I realized that the Holy Spirit doesn't really care who's right. He wants to see who will restore the relationship. A secret that I've learned from the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit always, always supports the weakest party. She knows at that moment, she knows she's wrong, and I know I'm right. I've got the evidence. I don't need help. I've got evidence. But she needs someone to comfort and to support her. And because of that, the Holy Spirit stands with her, and he speaks to me. Now, the way or the lesson in that, make sure you're always the weakest party. Okay? <laughs> then you win always. <laughs> That's the secret. So I've invited him into my marriage, my finances, and different areas. But if you invite him into those areas, you have to respond to his voice. It's one thing in hearing his voice, but to respond, to give him, when he speaks into your life, to respond. Financially, I remember at one stage, we were saving a lot of money to buy shares. Okay? I don't know nothing about shares, but we're going to buy it. So we were saving all this money to buy these shares, and eventually we got enough and we're ready. So in, in our papers, at the back, you have all these companies and all these shares. So I opened the paper with all these shares, and I said, okay, Holy Spirit, it's time. We're going to buy shares. Just tell me which one. I don't, I don't need to know how it works. Just tell me any one of these, a lot, any one of them, I'm going to trust you, and we're going to go with what you say. Pick one. So the Holy Spirit speaks to me and says, Andre, I want you to sow all that money. I said, get away from me, Satan. <laughs> it's not what I... We, shares. We're going to buy shares. Pick one. And the Holy Spirit said to me, Andre, you're inviting me into these different areas, but you have to learn to respond to what I'm saying. So he said to me, Andre, let me help you. He says, Andre, you, you, this is not for, for, you, for people sitting here today speaking to me. He's saying, Andre, you cannot afford to buy physical shares before you have spiritual shares. So I'm like, to who? He says, pick one. Pick someone. So Put the seed in the ground. So I did it years ago. And I can say, honestly say to you today that even up until now, I'm still reaping a harvest from that. Respond to what he says to you. So I'm sharing my testimony with you. And I'll read this scripture, two, two verses with, to you. In one is Psalms 139, verse 1 to 4. He says, O eternal one, you have explored my heart and know exactly who I am. Do you even know small details like when I, when I take a seat and when I stand up again? Even when I'm far away, you know what I'm thinking. You observe my wanderings and my sleeping, my walking and my dreaming, and you know everything I do in more detail than even I know. In Revelations 3 verse 20, it says, Now pay attention. I'm standing at the door and knocking. If any of you hear my voice and open the door, then I will come in to visit with you and to share a meal at your table and you will be with me. These are verses and scriptures that I live by daily. That is my devotion time. 
I, I have coffee with God weekly. We go to restaurants weekly. We go to the movies. That's how I spend time with the Lord. I'm sharing these things with you, not so that everyone can rush, up, rush to the movies on Monday, but I'm sharing it with you to get to a place in your life to invite God into that area. To say, Lord, you may be part of my Sundays, but I invite you into my workspace. Now, every person, every person that is sitting here this morning is called to full-time ministry. Every person. Our offices just looks different. God wants you to represent him exactly where you are. Doctors, teachers, pastors. It's all different platforms where God wants us to represent him. It's not, a, it's not a job. It's a place where we represent him where we are. God wants the world and people to look at you and see him. You want, you want your life to reflect him. It doesn't matter what environment you are. He wants you to be a beacon, a light of hope to people out there. His plan is to fill the earth, to pour out his spirit on all people. All people. It's not a culture or a group or a nation or all, all people, all people. No one is excluded from that. Everyone is included and has the opportunity. They must just respond to that. I'm sharing this word to stir something up in your spirit to say, Lord, I, I want you to be part of this area of my life as well. It's amazing. When I, when I came here, when I arrived in America on this trip, when I got off the plane, the Lord spoke to me about something. The Lord said to me, Andre, the people trust me and they ask my advice for certain things. But yet there's a lot of other things that they do not make me part of. They ask the Lord, you know, you ask him what church you should attend, but you don't ask him what school your children should attend. You ask him certain things, but yet there's so many other things where God's just not involved. We don't ask him. We think, you know, he's not part of that. He, he, you know, it, that's common sense. I have to choose. It's not common sense. You, as a son and daughter of God, you have an unfair advantage called faith. And because of that, you, can, you have knowledge and wisdom from a different place where God can speak into this situation now. now I want to encourage you. I shared in the previous sermon, Lord, years after that, I started to understand how God, when I was 16 years old, how he could speak into my life. At the age of 16, God could say to me, Andre, I am proud of you. While I'm standing at a place where my life is falling apart, God is omnipresent. And often people put the enemy on the same level where God is, and he's not. It's not close to where God is. But people think he's the same, the same level. He's not. Now, God, if I have to explain time, and that will, beginning of time, that will, at the end of, is the end of time. God is from the beginning, right through time, and at the end of time. Right now, God is at the moment where you, the moment of your birth, and at the same time, the moment of your death. Same moment. He's standing with one leg at one place and one the other. Same moment. Okay? He's not, he's everywhere. So I am 16 years old. So this is a timeline, beginning, end. Right here, I'm 16 years old. Today, I'm 33, right here. So God stands at the age of 33, right here. But at the same time, he's at the age of 16. 
and he speaks to me and he's saying, Andre, I'm proud of you. I'm like, proud of what? I'm, my life is over. But he's standing here today at this specific moment in time. And he's, I'm not aware of this, but he's speaking from this place and saying, Andre, I believe in you. I don't see it right there. I'm not aware of it. But that's the amazing thing about a promise that God is giving you through the word. Whereas the pastor is preaching, a promise that goes out, but God is saying a prophetic word. You have to understand that that, pro that promise that is going out, that God is speaking from the manifested place. He's standing at that place where you're in it and doing it. And he's saying to you here, this is what you're about to do. And people are standing there and thinking, this doesn't make sense. There's no way. It's impossible. Look at my life. It's over. Nothing, nothing in my life at that moment agreed with that prophetic word. <laughs> nothing. People get confused between word of wisdom and knowledge and prophecy. They think the prophecy should confirm their exact situation. Thank God for prophecy that can sometimes look beyond and above our circumstances and see a light of hope that no one else can see. When people look at you and you look at your own life and you think, Lord, there's no way to get out of this. And God comes and speaks in a word of life and say, I see you on the other side. You're going to get through this. You're going to make this. Thank you for listening. And we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.